0: Chapter Twenty-Eight of Monsieur le Coq, Part Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Oliva. Monsieur le Coq by Émile Gaboriau, Part Two, Chapter Twenty-Eight. The Abbe had been right in feeling he could trust the officers to whose care he had confided Maurice. Finding their entreaties would not induce him to leave the citadel, they seized him and literally carried him away. He made the most desperate efforts to escape. Each step was a struggle. Leave me, he exclaimed. Let me go where duty calls me. You only dishonor me in pretending to save me. His agony was terrible. He had thrown himself headlong into this absurd undertaking, and now the responsibility of his acts had fallen upon his father. He, the culprit, would live. And his innocent father would perish on the guillotine. It was to this his love for Marianne had led him. that radiant love which in other days had smiled so joyously but our capacity for suffering has its limits when they had carried him to the room in the hotel where his mother and marie were waiting in agonized surprise that irresistible torpor which follows suffering too intense for human endurance crept over him nothing is decided yet the officers answered in response to madame d'escorval's questions the cure will hasten here as soon as the verdict is then as they had promised not to lose sight of maurice they seated themselves in gloomy silence the house was silent one might have supposed the hotel deserted at last a little before four o'clock the abbe came in followed by the lawyer to whom the baron had confided his last wishes my husband exclaimed madame d'escoval springing wildly from her chair the priest bowed his head she understood death she faltered they have condemned him and overcome by the terrible blow she sank back inert with hanging arms but the weakness did not last long she again sprang up her eyes brilliant with heroic resolve we must save him she exclaimed we must wrest him from the scaffold of maurice of Marianne. no more weak lamentations we must to work you also gentlemen will aid me i can count upon your assistance monsieur le cure what are we going to do i do not know but something must be done the death of this just man would be too great a crime god will not permit it she suddenly paused with clasped hands and eyes uplifted to heaven as if seeking divine inspiration and the king she resumed will the king consent to such a crime no a king can refuse mercy but he cannot refuse justice i will go to him i will tell him all why did not this thought come to me sooner we must start for paris without losing an instant maurice you will accompany me one of you gentlemen will go at once and order post-horses thinking they would obey her she hastened into the next room to make preparations for her journey poor woman the lawyer whispered to the abbe she does not know that the sentence of a military commission is executed in twenty-four hours well it requires four days to make the journey to paris he reflected a moment then added but after all to let her go would be an act of mercy did not ney on the morning of his execution implore the king to order the removal of his wife who was sobbing and moaning in his cell the abbe shook his head no said he madame Descorval will never forgive us if we prevent her from receiving her husband's last farewell she at that very moment re-entered the room and the priest was trying to gather courage to tell her the cruel truth when someone knocked violently at the door one of the officers went to open it and bavois the corporal of grenadiers entered his right hand lifted to his cap as if he were in the presence of his superior officer is mademoiselle lacheneur here he demanded marianne came forward i am she monsieur she replied what do you desire of me i am ordered mademoiselle to conduct you to the citadel ah exclaimed maurice in a ferocious tone so they imprison women also the worthy corporal struck himself a heavy blow upon the forehead i am an old stupid he exclaimed and expressed myself badly i meant to say that i came to seek mademoiselle at the request of one of the condemned a man named chanlouineau who desires to speak with her impossible my good man said one of the officers they would not allow this lady to visit one of the condemned without special permission Well, she has this permission said the old soldier assuring himself with a glance that he had nothing to fear from any one present he added in lower tones this chanlouineau told me that the cure would understand his reasons had the brave peasant really found some means of salvation the abbe almost began to believe it you must go with this worthy man Marianne said he the poor girl shuddered at the thought of seeing chanlouineau again but the idea of refusing never once occurred to her let us go she said quietly but the corporal did not stir from his place and winking according to his habit when he desired to attract the attention of his hearers in one moment he said this chanruyneau who seems to be a shrewd fellow told me to tell you that all was going well may i be hung if i can see how still such is his opinion he also told me to tell you not to stir from this place and not to attempt anything until mademoiselle returns which will be in less than an hour he swears to you that he will keep his promise he only asks you to pledge a word that you will obey him we will take no action until an hour has passed said the abbe i promise that-that is all salute company and now mademoiselle on the double quick march the poor devil over there must be on coals of fire that a condemned prisoner should be allowed to receive a visit from the daughter of the leader of the rebellion of that lacheneur who had succeeded in making his escape was indeed surprising but chanlouineau had been ingenious enough to discover a means of procuring this special permission with this aim in view when sentence of death was passed upon him he pretended to be overcome with terror and to weep piteously the soldiers could scarcely believe their eyes when they saw this robust young fellow who had been so insolent and defiant a few hours before so overcome that they were obliged to carry him to his cell there his lamentations were redoubled and he begged the guard to go to the duc de sairmeuse or the marquis de courtornieu and tell them he had revelations of the greatest importance to make that potent word revelations made m de coutommier hasten to the prisoner's cell he found chanlouineau on his knees his features distorted by what was apparently an agony of fear the man dragged himself toward him took his hands and kissed them imploring mercy and forgiveness swearing that to preserve his life he was ready to do anything yes anything even to deliver up m lacheneur to capture lacheneur, such a prospect had powerful attractions for the marquis de courtornieu do you know then where this brigand is concealed he inquired Chanlouineau admitted that he did not know but declared that marie-anne lacheneur's daughter knew her father's hiding-place she had he declared perfect confidence in him and if they would only send for her and allow him ten minutes of private conversation with her he was sure he could obtain the secret of her father's place of concealment so the bargain was quickly concluded the prisoner's life was promised him in exchange for the life of lacheneur a soldier who chanced to be corporal bavois was sent to summon Marianne, and chanlouineau waited in terrible anxiety no one had told him what had taken place at escorval but he divined it by the aid of that strange prescience which so often illuminates the mind when death is near at hand he was almost certain that madame d'escorval was in montaignac he was equally certain that Marianne was with her and if she were he knew that she would come and he waited counting the seconds by the throbbings of his heart he waited understanding the cause of every sound without distinguishing with the marvelous acuteness of senses excited to the highest pitch by passion sounds which would have been inaudible to another person at last at the end of the corridor he heard the rustling of a dress against the wall it is she he murmured footsteps approached the heavy bolts were drawn back the door opened and marie-anne entered accompanied by corporal bavois monsieur de courtornieu promised me that we should be left alone exclaimed chanlouineau therefore i go at once replied the old soldier but i have orders to return for mademoiselle in half an hour when the door closed behind the worthy corporal chanlouineau took Marianne's hand and drew her to the tiny grafted window thank you for coming said he thank you i can see you and speak to you once more now that my hours are numbered i may reveal the secret of my soul and of my life now i can venture to tell you how ardently i have loved you how much i still love you involuntarily Marianne drew away her hand and stepped back this outburst of passion at such a moment seemed at once unspeakably sad and frightful have i then offended you said chanlouineau sadly forgive one who is about to die you cannot refuse to listen to the voice of one who after to-morrow will have vanished from earth for ever i have loved you for a long time Marianne, for more than six years before i saw you i loved only my possessions to raise fine crops and to amass a fortune seemed to me then the greatest possible happiness here below why did i meet you but at that time you were so high and i so low that never in my wildest dreams did i aspire to you i went to church each sunday only that i might worship you as peasant women worship the blessed virgin i went home with my eyes and my heart full of you and that was all then came the misfortune that brought us nearer to each other and your father made me as insane yes as insane as himself after the insults he received from the sairmeuse your father resolved to revenge himself upon these arrogant nobles and he selected me for his accomplice he had read my heart on leaving the house of baron d'escorval on that sunday evening which you must remember the compact that bound me to your father was made you love my daughter my boy said he very well aid me and i promise you in case we succeed she shall be your wife only he added i must warn you that you hazard your life but what was life in comparison with the hope that dazzled me from that night i gave body soul and fortune to the cause others were influenced by hatred or by ambition but i was actuated by neither of these motives what did the quarrels of the great matter to me a simple laborer i knew that the greatest were powerless to give my crops a drop of rain in season of drought or a ray of sunshine during the rain i took part in this conspiracy because i loved you ah you are cruel exclaimed marie-anne you are pitiless it seemed to the poor girl that he was reproaching her for the horrible fate which lacheneur had brought upon him and for the terrible part which her father had imposed upon her and which she had not been strong enough to refuse to perform but chanlouineau scarcely heard Marianne's exclamation all the bitterness of the past had mounted to his brain like fumes of alcohol he was scarcely conscious of his own words but the day soon came he continued when my foolish illusions were destroyed you could not be mine since you belonged to another i might have broken my compact i thought of doing so but had not the courage to see you to hear your voice to dwell beneath the same roof with you was happiness i longed to see you happy and honored i fought for the triumph of another for him whom you had chosen a sob that had risen in his throat choked his utterance he buried his face in his hands to hide his tears and for a moment seemed completely overcome but he mastered his weakness after a little and in a firm voice he said we must not linger over the past time flies and the future is ominous as he spoke he went to the door and applied first his eye then his ear to the opening to see that there were no spies without no one was in the corridor he could not hear a sound he came back to marie side and tearing the sleeve of his jacket open with his teeth he drew from it two letters wrapped carefully in a piece of cloth here he said in a low voice is a man's life marie-anne knew nothing of chanlouineau's promises and hopes and bewildered by her distress she did not at first understand this she exclaimed is a man's life hush speak lower interrupted chanlouineau yes one of these letters might perhaps save the life of one who has been condemned to death unfortunate man why do you not make use of it and save yourself the young man sadly shook his head is it possible that you could ever love me he said simply no it is not i have therefore no desire to live rest beneath the sod is preferable to the misery i am forced to endure moreover i was justly condemned i knew what i was doing when i left the reche with my gun upon my shoulder and my sword by my side i have no right to complain but those cruel judges have condemned an innocent man baron d'escorval yes the father of maurice his voice changed in uttering the name of this man for whose happiness he would have given ten lives had they been his to give i wish to save him he added i can do it oh if what you said were true but you undoubtedly deceive yourself I know what I am saying. Fearing that some spy outside would overhear him, he came close to Marianne and said rapidly and in a low voice, "I never believed in the success of this conspiracy. When I sought a weapon of defence in case of failure, the Marquis de Sairmeuse furnished it. When it became necessary to send a circular warning, our accomplices of the date decided upon for the uprising, I persuaded Monsieur Martial to write a model." he suspected nothing i told him it was for a wedding he did what i asked this letter which is now in my possession is the rough draft of the circular and it was written by the hand of the marquis de sairmeuse it is impossible for him to deny it there is an erasure on each line every one would regard it as the handiwork of a man who was seeking to convey his real meaning in ambiguous phrases chanlouineau opened the envelope and showed her the famous letter which he had dictated and in which the space for the date of the insurrection was left blank my dear friend we are at last agreed and the marriage is decided etc the light that had sparkled in Marianne's eye was suddenly extinguished and you believe that this letter can be of any service she inquired in evident discouragement i do not believe it but with a gesture he interrupted her we must not lose time in discussion listen to me of itself this letter might be unimportant but i have arranged matters in such a way that it will produce a powerful effect i declared before the commission that the marquis de sairmeuse was one of the leaders of the movement they laughed and i read incredulity on the faces of the judges but calumny is never without its effect when the duc de sairmeuse is about to receive a reward for his services there will be enemies in plenty to remember and to repeat my words he knew this so well that he was greatly agitated even while his colleagues sneered at my accusations to accuse a man falsely is a great crime murmured the honest marie-anne yes but i wish to save my friend and i cannot choose my means i was all the more sure of success as i knew that the marquis had been wounded i declared that he was fighting against the troops by my side i demanded that he should be summoned before the tribunal i told them that i had in my possession unquestionable proofs of his complicity did you say that the marquis de sairmeuse had been wounded inquired marie-anne chanlouineau's face betrayed the most intense astonishment what he exclaimed you do not know then after an instant's reflection fool that i am he resumed who could have told you what had happened you remember that while we were traveling over the sairmeuse road on our way to the croix d'arcy and after your father had left us to ride on in advance maurice placed himself at the head of one division and you walked beside him while your brother jean and myself stayed behind to urge on the laggards we were performing our duty conscientiously when suddenly we heard the gallop of a horse behind us we must know who is coming jean said to me we paused the horse soon reached us we caught the bridle and held him can you guess who the rider was martial de to describe your brother's fury on recognizing the marquis would be impossible at last i find you wretched noble he exclaimed and now we will settle our account after reducing my father who has just given you a fortune to despair and penury you have tried to degrade my sister i will have my revenge down we must fight marie-anne could scarcely tell whether she was awake or dreaming my brother she murmured has challenged the marquis is it possible brave as monsieur martial is pursued chanlouineau he did not seem inclined to accept the invitation he stammered out something like this you are mad you are jesting have we not always been friends what does this mean jean ground his teeth in rage this means that we have endured your insulting familiarity long enough he replied and if you do not dismount and meet me in open combat i will blow your brains out your brother as he spoke manipulated his pistol in so threatening a manner that the marquis dismounted and addressing me you see chandrineau he said i must fight a duel or submit to assassination if jean kills me there is no more to be said but if i kill him what is to be done i told him he would be free to depart on condition he would give me his word not to return to montaignac before two o'clock then i accept the challenge said he give me a weapon i gave him my sword your brother drew his and they took their places in the middle of the highway the young farmer paused to take a breath then said more slowly "Marian, your father and i have misjudged your brother poor jean's appearance is terribly against him his face indicates a treacherous cowardly nature his smile is cunning and his eye always shuns yours we have distrusted him but we should ask his pardon a man who fights as i saw him fight is deserving of confidence for this combat in the public road and in the darkness of the night was terrible they attacked each other silently but furiously at last jean fell ah oh, my brother is dead exclaimed Marianne. no responded chanlouineau at least we have reason to hope not i know he has not lacked any attention this duel had another witness a man named poignot whom you must remember he was one of your father's tenants he took jean promising me that he would conceal him and care for him as for the marquis he showed me that he too was wounded and then he remounted his horse saying what could i do he would have it so Marianne understood now give me the letter she said to chandwineau i will go to the duke i will find some way to reach him and then god will tell me what course to pursue the noble peasant handed the girl the tiny scrap of paper which might have been his own salvation on no account said he must you allow the duke to suppose that you have upon your person the proof with which you threaten him who knows of what he might be capable under such circumstances he will say at first that he can do nothing that he sees no way to save the baron you will tell him that he must find a means if he does not wish this letter sent to paris to one of his enemies he paused he heard the grating of the bolt corporal bavois reappeared the half-hour expired ten minutes ago he said sadly i have my orders Coming, said chanlouineau all is ended and handing marie anne the second letter this is for you he added you will read it when i am no more pray pray do not weep thus be brave you will soon be the wife of maurice and when you are happy think sometimes of the poor peasant who loved you so much marie-anne could not utter a word but she lifted her face to his ah i dare not ask it he exclaimed and for the first time he clasped her to his arms and pressed his lips to her pallid cheek now adieu he said once more do not lose a moment adieu chapter twenty eight recording by tony oliva albuquerque